This is Pastor Chad. Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We are honored that you have joined us today. You can stay up to date with us at BethesdaChurch.tv or look us up on Facebook or Instagram. Now, let's jump in to today's message. are looking good. Hit somebody and tell them you look great today. All right, find somebody else, tell them they look great too, even though you're my second choice. Amen. It is so good to see you in God's house. Glad that you have joined us uh, in-house and those that are watching online. Today's a, a great day. It's family day. It's back to school blessing day. It's love on some teachers and give some cool prizes away day. Um, listen, from one to four, you don't want to miss out on the free food, the games for your kids. It's just going to be a great, great time. Um, hang out with us. I promise you, you won't regret it. We always have a lot of fun. Today, we are kicking off a brand new series. Hit your neighbor and tell them new series. Some of you are like, thank God. You know, um, I know that what we had been in over the last uh, four weeks was some heavy material um, and we thank God for what he did. I've had so much feedback from that series, and, and even specifically last week, the last message, uh, I know that God really spoke to some people, and uh, it was really cool. At the end of the 11 o'clock service um, last week, we like I thought the service was over. We kind of hung out in God's presence, and then we came and did an altar call, and eight people came to know Jesus right there on the spot. It was just, how I many know that's what it's all about? Um, and so that never gets old to me, and uh, so thank you for being here. The new series title is A Lot Lighter Than Spellbound. We're calling this When Hell Freezes Over. That's the title, When Hell Freezes Over. Uh, how many of you have ever heard that statement before? All right, don't lie in church. Some of y'all are like, yeah, I said it yesterday. But when hell freezes over, um, usually we say that when we feel like something is impossible. You know, it's just not going to happen. That'll happen when hell freezes over. It's kind of like when your kids come and they say, I want two puppies. You're like, yeah, you'll get those when hell freezes over. I'm just kidding. I probably wouldn't say that. Um, but you, you guys get kind of the, the gist of the series title. Um, but I want you to understand that a lot of times we, we get very uh, negative and we'll say things like that and it translates over into our faith and we forget that we serve the God of the miraculous. We serve a God that can turn a situation around in a moment. Uh, and, and so this series is going to be a reminder that God still does miracles. Hit your neighbor and tell him he does miracles. All right, all everyday miracles. God, God does miracles. And so I believe this series is going to help build your faith. Uh, I think you're going to be stirred to pray some bigger prayers, some bolder prayers, some, some things that maybe uh, before we got into this series, maybe you were hesitant to pray about it and believe for it. Uh, but you need to know that one of the only things that amazes God is your faith. So many times in Scripture, you, you will see Jesus heal someone, and he'll say, you know, you're healed, get up, and he'll say, Thy, your faith has made you whole. In other words, he gets amazed when we operate in faith. 
And so I believe that you're going to be stirred to believe bigger, pray bigger, and, and just see God move in your life. And since we are at that school point, going back to school and, and all of that, I, th- I thought it would be important to preach the first message on this, miracles of protection. Miracles of protection. Um, as we dive into this, how many of you have ever prayed a prayer that sounded like this? God, if you just get me through this, I will, and then you fill in the blank. I, I'll, some of you are like, I'll go to small group, God, if you'll just help me through this season, or I'll, I'll serve, or, uh, I, you know, God, if you'll just save my bacon, you know, I, I will, I promise I'll be in church next week. Um, God, if you'll get me out of this speeding ticket, God, if, you, if you'll help me with this test that I did not study for, if you'll help me pass the class, if you, some of you that had a past, um, you probably at some point, if you had a past, I know everybody here is holy, probably nobody here, uh, where you were hugging the toilet, puking your guts out, and you're like, God, I promise if you get me through the night, I'll never drink again, right? Like, we, you've, you've had those moments. God, if you just will get me through it, and I, I think we've all been there before, but I want to talk to you about God's miraculous power to save, to deliver, to rescue, to protect us in our lives. In Psalm 37, verse 39, it says this, one verse, it says, the Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. He rescues the godly. He's their fortress in times of trouble. Our God has the power to save, deliver, and rescue. And so what I want to do is I want to navigate the tension uh, in this message of a God who can save, a God who can protect, but sometimes, if we're honest, life doesn't always go the way we think it should. Anybody feel that? Like, I know he can do it, but sometimes life is just not going the way I think it should go. And it's a difficult um, subject to cover, but I, I think that it's going to help provide some answers, some comfort, and build your faith. Uh, and I'm going to keep today very simple. After coming out of this heavy series with me preaching an hour every week, um, today's not going to be that long, all right? I got two big thoughts for you. Two big thoughts that I really want you to be able to sink your teeth into. The first thought is, long before you face a problem, God already has a plan. So before that problem came in your direction, before that whatever it was that was unexpected, that difficult thing, that tragic thing, you need to know that before you experience the problem, God already had a plan. That we see it all throughout Scripture. We can see it in the book of Genesis when the flood came. Before the waters came and the earth was covered with water, God already had a plan for Noah and his family and the right animals to get on that boat. He already had a plan. Before Jonah was ever thrown off the boat, how many know God already had a plan that a fish was going to swallow him up and rescue him? That before uh, the Israelites were being chased by the Egyptians and they had nowhere to go with the army behind them and nowhere to go on the right or left and a Red Sea in front of them, that before they encountered the problem, God already had a plan that he would part the sea. And so what this means for us is that even if we've discovered bad news this week, 
Even if we got a doctor's report that we did not want to get or somebody close to us broke our heart, that before the problem came, God already had a plan. And so God wants us to know in this series, I have the ability to step in to any situation, somebody needs to hear that, any situation that is going on in your life, God has the ability to step into it and provide the protection that you need. He can commission his angels right now and assign them to your situation and that thing can turn around. He can shut the mouth of a hungry lion. He can calm whatever storm is going on in your life. But, but, but long before we have a problem, God already has a plan. Hit somebody and tell them God has a plan. God has a plan. I know it may not look good, but God has a plan. And so I want to look at the Apostle Paul for a few minutes from Acts 16. And in the chapter, to set it up, there was a girl. Um, she was a slave girl, and she was possessed by a demon, okay? You're like, you just got done with all the demons. So I thought we were done. Well, I, I'm not going to focus on the girl too long, okay? She, she's possessed with a demon, and um, because of it, she has an ability to predict the future. And her owners are using her as their cash cow. Because she's able to predict the future, she's making them a ton of money. Uh, and Paul and Silas allow this to go on. She's a nuisance, but they allow it to go on for a little while until they get sick and tired of it, and then they cast the devil out of the girl, which we're like, praise God, she's free, but now we have a big problem because now she can't bring the money to the owners. And the owners are upset and they start telling lies on Paul and Silas. They, they, they make false accusations and they stir up this riot. And Paul and Silas, even though they've done nothing wrong, they find themselves in the middle of a riot. And in Acts 16, verses 22 and 23, it says, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Everyone say stripped and beaten. Now, how many, that's a bad day at the office. I mean, they out here doing what God told them to do. If anybody ever told you doing what God told you to do, you'd never have any problem. They lied. They're preaching. They're casting out devils. They're healing the sick. They're making disciples. They're taking the gospel around the world. They're doing exactly what God had called them to do, but now they are falsely accused. They are unfairly accused. They are stripped of their clothes and beaten with wooden rods, severely beaten, the Bible says. If I'm the apostle Paul, which I'm not, I, I might be thinking in this circumstance, God this isn't fair. How I many of that? It really isn't fair. I'm out here doing what you told me to do. I'm preaching. I'm, 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 you know, doing everything you've asked me to do. And now I'm being lied on, falsely accused. I'm being beaten. I would probably say, God, that's not fair. Not only was it not fair, but as a Roman citizen, the Apostle Paul was exempt from this type of punishment. They were actually not allowed to treat a Roman citizen this way. So he's falsely accused and unfairly beaten for stuff that he did not do. 
And I hope that none of you have been beaten this week physically. I hope that has not happened. But tragically, I think some of you, because of circumstances and because of a lack of faith and trust in God in this season, some of us have been stripped of our hope. We don't have hope that things can change, hope that things can turn around. That, that you once had faith and, and you believed God and you prayed big prayers, but life has happened. And now, uh, let's just ask, anything you prayed for this week, if God actually answered it, would, it, would, it, would that have changed the world? Are we praying the kind of prayers that, that really make a difference Are we believing for the big things? Others of us, we've not been beaten with clubs, but we've been beaten with words of discouragement. And sometimes that comes from people around us and what what they say to us and about us. But how many know sometimes it's not words of discouragement from anybody else. It's the words of discouragement that we say to ourselves. That we are literally talking ourselves out of hope and out of faith. And and some of us have been stripped of things that we once held dear. Think about the Apostle Paul for just a second. He's doing what God told him to do. He's publicly and painfully tortured. He shouldn't even be going through any of this, but he is. But if the Apostle Paul was was anything like the people of today... A lot of us would be saying, God, this isn't fair. God, where are you? God, I'm, I'm doing everything you ask. This should not be the result. And in Paul's case, what, what did he do? Because did, did, if you look at the story, God let him down. I mean, if we're looking at it, the way we would tell the story is I'm out here preaching the gospel, I'm getting people saved, I'm getting people healed, and when I needed God to come through for me, God let him down, and what does the Apostle Paul do when he's not protected in this moment? Paul stopped going to small group. He quit church. He stopped singing. He stopped giving. He stopped worshiping. No, the Apostle Paul didn't do any of those things. Here's what he did in verses 25 and 26. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. That'll preach by itself. About midnight, they were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. God could have protected them, but he didn't. What do Paul and Silas do when they have not been protected, but they have been beaten and thrown in prison? They start praying and singing praises to God. And and the Bible is very clear to tell us that the other prisoners were listening. I find that an interesting fact from, from the text. The reason they were listening is because Paul and Silas looked like two crazy people. What do y'all got to sing about? I mean, you have nothing to be excited about. You're in here with us, you're locked up, you've been beaten, you're bloodied, and you're in here singing. And so they think Paul and Silas are crazy. But the text says the word suddenly. 
And I love the word suddenly. I love the fact that our God is a God of suddenly. Even when you don't see a way out of a situation, even when it feels like you are locked up and locked out, that you don't have hope, that you've been beaten down and stripped of what matters, I'm telling you by the power of the Holy Spirit, our God is still a suddenly God, and it can look bad now, but in just a second, it can be turned around. We serve a God of suddenly. A few minutes before, God didn't protect them. But, but after he doesn't protect them and they're beaten and thrown in prison, they sing praises, they offer up worship, and now God performs a miracle. The Bible says there's an earthquake. The foundations of the prison were shaken. Prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. You see, you got to understand that a miracle, I think the word miracle, the term, has lost a lot of its power. Uh, in, in the way we use it so loosely. Um, but a miracle is when the God of heaven intervenes in a situation on the earth. In other words, when it's a miracle, it cannot be explained. It's when you go to the doctor and they say, I don't know why the tumor's gone, but it's gone. I have no explanation. I don't know how we paid the bills last month because we had a whole lot more bills than we had money, but the bills are paid in full. How many of God can intervene in a suddenly? Some of you need to expect, you need to hear your path. You need to expect a sudden breakthrough. Something you've been praying for, believing for. Some of you, you, you prayed so long that eventually you lost hope. I'm telling you, we're going to enter into a season of suddenlies, sudden turnarounds, sudden financial breakthroughs, sudden healing, sudden miracle, sudden restoration in a marriage. God can do a sudden work. He's that kind of God. So he didn't do a miracle to begin with, and now he does a miracle. The ground shakes, doors open, chains fall off. And what's so interesting to me is that Paul did not wait to worship after the miracle. Paul worshiped before the miracle. It's why I love what the writer of Hebrews says. He says that we continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. I wonder when was the last time your praise actually cost you something. See, we, we, we get stuck in the mode of we praise God when it's good. We praise God when, we, when it feels good. But, but there are times that we need to offer the sacrifice of praise. There, there are times when I need to praise God when I sense him, when I hear him, when I feel him. Yes, I praise God, but I need to also praise God when I don't sense him, don't feel him, don't see a way out. There's two times to praise God. It's when I feel like it and when I don't. Somebody ought to take 10 seconds right now and take a praise break and offer up. You say, I don't feel like Offer up a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice of praise. We may not feel anything yet, but we continue to worship because when we worship, see, we, we don't even understand worship. We think we worship God for what he has done. That's a small part of worship. 
But if I can move past just worshiping God for what he's done, because maybe I had a bad week. Maybe it looks like the enemy is, is you know, in control right now. But I don't worship just based on what he's done. I worship for who he is. So even if the circumstances are bad, my God is still good, and he's still worthy of the praise, and that's the kind of praise that will get you a suddenly. It'll get you a suddenly. They're sitting in prison and at midnight they praise God and he shows up. There's an earthquake. The jailer wakes up and he sees the prison doors open. Can I say that was an old crap moment? I mean, it's old, old crap. I mean, they literally told you, watch them carefully. Don't let these jokers out of your sight. And he wakes up, the doors are open, and he's thinking, not only am I going to lose my job, they're going to kill me for this. And he's thinking about taking his own life, and the Apostle Paul says, no, 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 no. Don't, don't. We're still here. Yeah, the prison doors are open, we're free, but we're still here. And the jailer, all of a sudden it connects for him. The reason those guys were singing praises is because the one they're singing praises to, this God of theirs, he's real. And he asked them, he said, what must I do to be saved? And not only was the jailer saved, but the Bible says his whole house came to Christ. His whole house, everybody in his house got saved. And, and, and I love this. The jailer and his family come to know Christ. And, and when you look at the story, before Paul went into prison, God had a plan. God did not provide a miracle when they were being beaten and thrown into prison, but God did provide the miracle at the right, somebody needs to hear today, God's going to do the miracle at the right time. At the time when he's going to receive the most glory, that it'll, it'll have the most impact, that the most lives will be changed. It, I, I'm sure when they were being beaten, they were like, man, this kind of stinks. But the moment that the prison doors opened up and this jailer and his whole family get saved, I, I, I just love the Apostle Paul's willing, and Silas. I mean, they're praising God. We can't praise God if they mess up our Starbucks order. I mean, Christians today, can I just call it what it is? We're wimps. I mean, somebody can, can say something you think that's a little bit harsh to you, and you lose your joy for a week. And he's sitting up there beating half to death. I love you, Lord. I would sing, but I can't. Singing praises and worshiping God. And, and a lot of us, we, 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 we got to understand God will protect but I have learned serving God as long as I have, sometimes he's protecting us in ways we can't even see. Like we're running late for a meeting and we're just trying to get to the meeting and then we get stopped by a train or a wreck and we're cussing in our car and thinking, oh, I'm just so upset. Not understanding that on the other side of that track, that train track, God was actually protecting you from something that you didn't even see. You don't even know where he protected you. 
Some of us, it, it wasn't that. It was you were qualified for a job, and you prayed for it, and you wanted it, and you were dead set on, I'm going to have that job, and you were the most qualified, and they passed you over, and you've been depressed about it, only to find out six months later that everybody in that department got laid off. God protects us from things sometimes that we want and pray for. He don't give it to us because he sees something better on the other side. For some of you, that is a, that, that has a name. You wanted to marry that joker, but God had somebody a whole lot better than him, and you walking around depressed over somebody, and God's saying, I got somebody way much better. This guy I got for you, he's actually going to work. He's going to pay the bills. He's going to come out of mama's basement from the video games. He's going to love God and worship. I, I'm feeling something today. God protects us from things that we can't even see. Sometimes the very thing we're asking for, God's blocking it because he knows I've got something better. I will protect you when you can't even protect yourself. And as we get to know the goodness of God and his character and his nature, even, even when life is not good, we, we still know in our heart he's good. He's good. The second thought. Okay, before the problem, God has a plan. Second thought, sometimes God's eternal purposes don't align with our temporary plans. God delivered Paul from prison on this occasion, but that wasn't the last time Paul went to prison. Scholars believe that he spent up to six years in prison. And so I, I'm saying that God broke him out when the time was right and God did not break him out when he had another eternal purpose. On his fifth missionary journey, Paul was in prison and tried by Nero and he was found guilty of being faithful to Jesus. Lord, may we be found guilty of being faithful to Jesus. And, and he could not be crucified in the Roman government. And so instead of being crucified, the apostle Paul was beheaded. Y'all like, I thought this was a positive message. It is a positive message. God protects you until he don't. And when he don't, it's because he has a higher purpose. I know that's tough to digest, but when I get to the end, this is going to click for you. He's found guilty, he's beheaded, much like the, uh, the, the disciples. I mean, you take out Judas and John. Judas betrayed Jesus, and John was boiled in oil three times and exiled on an island, the Isle of Patmos, and, and died there. But the other ten were also put to death for their faith. They were protected in seasons, and then there came a time when they were not protected. And so I don't know how to say it any other way, but before you face a problem, God has a plan. And sometimes we have to wake up and realize that his eternal purposes are higher than, than our thoughts and higher than our ability to fully comprehend. Sometimes God's eternal purposes are much different than what we want in the moment. There are some things that we really want in the moment and God is saying my purpose is so much higher. You can't see it, you can't comprehend, but my purpose is higher. 
And this is where we learn to trust God for his goodness. This is, when, when you get to this level, you can, you can be in the middle of a storm and you trust God. You can be in the middle of a mess and you trust God. And, and you, you lose the job. You lose someone you love. All of those things are devastating. All of those things are tragic. We don't dismiss that. But we have to be able to worship God anyway because before we had the problem, he had a plan. And sometimes his eternal purpose does not match our temporary plan. It doesn't always match. And so how does this work? How does this work in the life of a believer? If we serve a God that can protect us, what, what should we do as believers? How, how should we go about that? If God can protect us, I believe that we should pray for God's protection. We're going to pray for, for the teachers today for God to protect you for the upcoming school year. I think if you're married, you ought to pray divine protection, not God get him. You should be praying divine protection over your spouse. You should pray over your kids that their mind be protected, that wrong influences do not connect with them. You, you should be praying that angels be encamped about your family. We should be declaring God's protection over the people. And if you've got somebody in your family and they're straying, just pray they get caught. That they get caught early. I, I, and what I mean by that is, I'm one of those guys, and if there's any cops here, I try my best to obey. The, the speed limits, turn stop signs, I'm the guy, if I do anything wrong while driving, I get pulled over. Anything, anything. Like I'm the guy, they pull me over, I don't even know what it's for. And they say, you got to tell that out. I, I, I get pulled out, pulled over for any, if I speed, you, you better bet your bottom dollar I'm going to get a ticket. Now, Karen, on the other hand, how? God knows if I drove that fast, I'd be under the jail. I can't, and what I'm saying is, is if somebody in your family is going off, pray the Holy Ghost get them. Not, not for her. I want her to be good. I'm just saying, y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm digging a hole. I got to move. I'm going to hear about this later. I love you. I love you. I promise. And, and so if they're going astray, you know, do a little sick them, Jesus. You know, get them. You know, if they're, if they're really going down the wrong path, you know, it's like Pastor Chad when he's driving. He's going to get caught. You just need to pray they get caught. Um, here's the thing. I don't know about you, but I want you to hear this statement. I'm actually almost done. Can y'all believe it? I've been preaching an hour every week. Like it's like 30 minutes. Check this out. I would rather hurt in the will of God than live in comfort outside of the will of God. Let me say it a different way. I, I would rather be in the middle of learning to trust God when things don't go my way than to be away from his will. Paul never said in prison, this isn't fair. God, 
Where are you? Why have you forsaken me? No, Paul didn't say that. He said things like, we rejoice in suffering. He said, even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering, I'm going to rejoice more. He said these things in prison, he said this, I take delight in hardships. I rejoice in persecution. I take delight in difficulties. Whenever I am weak, then God makes me strong. He asked the question, he said, who shall separate us from the love of God? And he he lists trouble, hardship, famine, nakedness, danger, peril, sword. He says, no. He said, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. And, And so Paul is saying that no matter what's going on in our lives, God is working in all things. He's working in all things in your life. Even the things you didn't want to happen, God's working in those. The things you wanted to happen, God is working in those. He's working in the breakups. He's working in the breakdowns. He's working in the losses. He's working in the wins. He's working in the things you wanted to happen and in the things you didn't want to happen. If you believe God is working in all things... Give him a praise right there. I mean, if you really believe, he's working it. He's using it. Go ahead and stand with me. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. Now, I I preached all of that to get here. God protects. He rescues. He saves. He delivers. We, we, We get that. And it's powerful to understand we should pray for those things. But you got to remember that when we're talking about protection, please remember and don't get mad at me and don't send me an email. If the rapture doesn't happen, you are going to die. Right? Your body's going to be pushing daisies. Like, so the protection's not there. You, you, you're, you've gone on to the you know, the next life. So, so you got to see that. He won't protect you always. Sometimes God will allow you to go through some things like he did Paul. But he's going to use it. So he doesn't promise to always protect. But here it is. He did promise, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So even when it's bad and you don't understand, and you have more questions than you have answers. Never think for a second that the Holy Spirit has left you. Somebody needs to hear that my voice today. The Holy Spirit has not left you. He has not forsaken you. God has walked with you every step of the way through tragedy, through triumph, through loss, through gain, through broken relationships, through healed ones, through having money and not having money. God has never left you. He has never left you. He has never left you. Never. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for faith that is being stirred. I 
thank you that you have not left us. You have not forsaken us. You are an ever-present help in the time of need. So God, I pray over this amazing, amazing congregation full of incredible people that love you. God, let their faith be reignited today. God, to believe for the impossible, to pray bigger prayers. God, I I believe that you want to bring your people into a season of suddenly. God, where you you turn some things around quickly, God. We know that you're able. We know that you're willing. We thank you for your word today. I pray that it be sealed in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. If you receive the word today, can you give him another praise right there? Amen. I'm going to ask that you bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment. I, I, I want to make sure that I give an opportunity for anyone that's in this room or watching online and that you would say, Pastor, I'm not in relationship with Jesus. But today I've been stirred and I know that I I need to give my life to Christ to make him my Lord and my Savior. I'm not going to embarrass you, but if that is you today and you say, I I need to be saved, if that's you, would you just throw your hand up? You say, I want to be saved. I I don't want to leave the same way. Thanks for this hand over here. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? You say, that's me. Don't leave me out of this prayer time, Pastor. I want to know Jesus. Anyone else? You say, that's me. Anyone else? Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you're doing. Every voice lifted together, we're going to pray with this hand that has gone up. We're going to celebrate with them. Everybody say, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior. I can't save myself, so I ask you, Jesus to save me, to forgive me. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give them a big round of applause. So, so good. So good. If you made that decision to follow Christ, there's a connect card and a seat back in front of you. Before you leave and exit today, uh, after this last worship song, make sure you fill that out. Drop it off at our, our table in the back, left, my left, your right. Uh, we want to put a gift in your hand. We have a Bible for you and just help you take your next step. I'm going to ask the prayer team and the staff to come get in place. We're going to do one more song, and we're going to open up the altars. Listen, how many believe that our prayer time is important? I, I believe that it's extremely important and that God wants to minister to people, and there's power in agreement. Bible doesn't just tell us to lay hands on the sick for no reason. It's telling us that because if we want to be healed, we need to get prayed for. It's an act of faith. It's can you give it up for this prayer team and staff that come up every week, whether people come up or not? I mean, they they're just here. They're here. We're here to serve you. We're here to pray with you. And so we're going to sing one more song. And as we're singing this song, if you need prayer for any reason at all, don't hesitate to receive it. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bethesda Church Podcast. 
If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting bethesdachurch.tv give. We will catch you on the next episode.